you know, I remember getting my first record deal and like thinking, I'm going to pop the champagne, you know, I'm on my way. <laughs> and it's really just the beginning. You sign a record deal and you just, the work begins, you know, for yourself. To think that you sign a deal and they're going to do it for you, it just doesn't happen that way. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, what's up? This is Bree Noble, and you are listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we learn how to make great music, how to connect with your audience, and how to grow your business. I'm excited to get to my interview with Jess, but first I want to direct you to femusician.com. That's Female Entrepreneur Musician, femusician.com. There's lots going on there. We've got some webinars going on. We've got some free training. So check that out. We've got a free resource to help you grow your income in your music business, femusician.com. And now I want to read our winning iTunes review for this week. This is from New Jam 76. It says, Brie has a terrific voice and presence behind the mic. She has extraordinary knowledge to help anyone, especially female musicians, to succeed with their career. Great work. Thanks so much, New Jam 76. Now please contact me at brie at femusician.com and I will get you in touch with your prizes, which are some merch from one of our artists that we've had on the show. And now to my interview with Jess. In a world where few have the vision, creativity, and willpower to carve out a distinct niche, Jess has excelled in exactly that. Since her legendary release of As the Rush Comes, with her band Motorcycle redefined the landscape of electronic dance music, Jess has put out a relentless string of hit songs, including three Billboard number 1 smash hits. She's also a DJ for the Unleash the Beat podcast that plays on over 50 radio stations. Now, here's my interview with Jess. So that's a little bit about Jess. Jess, is there anything personal that you'd like to share about your music journey that's not in your bio? Uh, well, I definitely would say that um, you don't put all the emotional things in your bio. And uh, being in music's been a very, you know, it's been a challenging journey so far. I've been in it for about, I mean, I've been in it all my whole life, but, you know, really working seriously for over 10 years in it. Um, and it's, a, you know, I, I know a lot of artists say that it's a very, music can be therapy to them. And I think it has been. I'm, I, I'm a bit of an emotional person, but I think I really helps my art. Um, and I think I come off very strong to my audience, but there's a lot of things, you know, that go on behind the scenes and that I put into my music that maybe they don't see all the time because I like to be an upbeat and a positive person for them and for myself. But, you know, uh, they've helped me a lot every day. So I think they they might see a little bit of that here and there, but that's something I don't advertise. <laughs> I think our <laughs> listeners can definitely identify with that. You know, you've got a stage presence and then you, you put a lot of your emotion into your songs, but you know, you try to be upbeat on stage. That makes complete sense to me. 
So how did you get started in music? Um, well, I come from a very uh, creative family. My mom was in the theater and she always had music playing. I knew every word to every song on the radio since I was very little. And I started writing songs very early, early on. We always had pianos and guitars around. So I gravitated to it naturally. I was always at her rehearsals and things. Um, it wasn't until my early teenage years that I think I just completely focused on it. I had been doing voiceovers and had been involved. I had an agent for commercials and things like that. So I always was trying to be in a career that was creative. I answered an ad in the Village Voice when I was 14. And I got to record a song and my whole life changed after that moment because it was such a dream to hear to hear your, your song be realized that way. And after that point, I never really looked at doing anything else. And I feel a little lucky for that. You know, I never, I always knew what I wanted to do. So from that moment on, I've been pretty much focused on, you know, working in the music industry. So can you talk a little bit about the genre that you're in? I know that you're kind of called the queen of Rocktronica, which I love. It's a great brand. But, you know, what does that actually mean? And, you know, can you talk about the culture of electronic music? Because it's not really in my wheelhouse. I'm more of the, you know, folk um, singer-songwriter type. And I really don't know a lot about that electronica genre. Well, it's funny because neither did I. (laughs) I didn't know anything about it. I was, I just sort of, happened to to just fall into it because I'm a singer-songwriter. The fans really called it Rocktronica. I was in a band. I have uh, had a, more of a rock band at the time. I was working in a studio and was working with a, a kid who was into the trance rave scene, which I knew nothing about. Um, but I thought, you know, I can write songs. I can write this, this, you know. So I started to to do that as I got more into it and my songs started to get out there, I started taking my songs that I had been writing, which were more rock based um, and just doing different versions of them uh, more, you know, with four on a floor kick beat. And they kind of named it Rocktronica (laughs) because it was at the time, Uh, but it's become really mainstream now. I mean, there's a lot of remixes of like Coldplay tunes and, I mean, it's just really a mixture of organic instruments and electronic beats. So that's what it it really comes down to. So, you know, I've noticed that you have a lot of songs that are released on Beatport, and I wasn't even familiar (laughs) with that, with that platform. Is that all electronica music? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You ask anybody if they know what Beatport is, and it's so important in our world, but it really means nothing to anybody else. (laughs) So it's, it's crazy, you know, to be on, it's, it's important to be on that chart when you're in this, this genre. Yeah, it's just mainly for uh, DJs and, you know, just lovers of electronic music. And you can get things on iTunes as well. Um, but for, you know, mostly it goes out first to Beatport. And you want to be in that number one spot. You want to be in that top ten. And there's different genres. You know, there's the trance, progressive. There's house. There's new house. There's chill they do do some chill out um there's drum and bass so there's so many different genres of of dance music and so many different charts but it is mainly 
uh, a dance, you know, fans place to go and buy buy things. Um, you can also get a higher res version of the songs there as well. Oh, okay. So it's it's for people that are really into the the high quality, quality audio. Yes. Got it. And so you you can purchase music there. It's it's like an iTunes for this style of music. Yes. And it's you know it's I think it's really interesting to go and check out the different charts and different types of of music, you know, for the different type of fans to do that. But, you know, a lot of my fans still go mostly to iTunes as well. Um, you know, as Bport. So you've been doing this for 10 years and you started when you were 14. So how long have you been doing it like full time? Well, I really have been, you know, it's so crazy. My, my life is so get up and work on music till two o'clock in the morning and go, you know, it's just constant. And I think I really can't remember a time that it hasn't been like that. Um, I'm kind of a workaholic person, you know, in that way, but I'm so addicted to making music and creating things that it doesn't even seem like work. But um, after I was, after I recorded that, I started recording a lot more with the person that I recorded at with. I'd started, um, I am from New York, so I was going out at an early age, you know, and, and just meeting people. I had gotten a couple of different managers, you know, a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. I remember at 14 thinking, oh, at 18, I'm going to be set. (laughs) And then 20 (laughs) and then 25. And then, you know, it just was one thing (laughs) to another. Um, but I did a lot of different things to be around music. I was a stylist. I worked with like a stylist. I worked in studios, I auditioned for bands. I just looked for anything, any job I could do that was in music. I learned how to wire. Uh, You know, I would work on videos. And uh, so I I did do waitressing as well. And I did do some other different jobs here and there. But I worked in studios. I tried to make money being around music. So that was always a goal to sort of meet people and get involved in things. So, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, I went, I even sang in the hotels. You know, I did different things because I I know my career took different ups and downs. And so every time I was like sort of in a down, I kind of changed gears and did something else in music or moved or, you know. But um, I feel like I've been doing it my whole life. I did have, you know, there was a pinnacle moment where, uh, you know, my songs really started to take off. And that was just from doing a lot of studio work, collaborating with a lot of people, and then just something, you know, clicked. And I just kind of have been riding that wave ever since. And so now you are pretty much full time, you're you're not having to sing at hotels and, you know, that type of thing now, right? You're you've got the full time gig. And what would you say like a typical day of what you do in music right now is? Well, I mean, I I get up, I do all my I do a lot of emails, I do a lot of social media. I do a lot of calls. um, And then I go I have a studio. And I pretty much go there every day and just work on music for morning to night on collaborations on the albums I'm working on. Um, on the weekends I tour because dance music is kind of a weekend, you know, Thursday through Sunday type of thing. 
Um, you know, the wonderful thing about it, it is it's very international. So I have been very lucky to see a lot of the world through it. It's sort of, uh, you know, not every weekend, but a lot of the weekends I'll, I'll be doing a show. And are there big like concert goers in dance music? I kind of just assumed that they all just went to the clubs to listen to the music, but do they actually come out for shows? Obviously, since you're working. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I had a band before I even got into the dance music and I made flyers and I, you know, these are probably like 150 to 250, 500 person venues. You know, I worked really hard to get people there and, the thing about uh, electronic is it's it's very rarely are you going to have a show that's like that small. Most shows are really, I'd say, probably 500 people and up. You know, I've, my biggest show was I, I toured with a, a, a DJ, um, very big DJ, and we played stadiums, you know, 28,000 people. Um, it's a big business, you know, especially now and the festivals and yeah, people come out to everything, festivals, clubs. I mean, it's definitely challenging. I come from like, you know, uh, a band uh, background. So it was a lot of learning for me. It's really not easy to sing in clubs <laughs> as well. So, you know, it's been a really learning experience for me the whole way. Wow. It's really interesting. I'm learning a lot because I don't know nothing about this genre. And it's it's kind of like this other world out there that that unless you're in it, maybe you don't understand it. But I would love to hear you talked about the ups and downs of your career. And we have a lot of musicians listening to this that, you know, either are in one of those downtimes or just, you know, they feel like they have ups and downs all the time and they can't see you know, the top of the mountain yet. And I would love to hear maybe about some specific times that you felt frustrated. You felt like you were not going to be able to, to make it to the top and that, you know, you maybe were going to quit and how you got out of those and you know what you learned. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, you know, being in the music business is, is not for everyone. Again, like I was naive going into it. I really, you know, I was had such big dreams and everything, you know, from a very young age, New York, is a tough place for music. Um, I had been doing it. I'd been through a couple of big managers and some big letdowns. And I mean, I think there's something in me. I, I would never give up. I would never give up on it no matter how low. And I've been pretty low, but I hate that, that, you know, I, I couldn't probably live doing something else. But like I said, like each time I remember uh, in New York, I really was, uh, just didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, very depressed. And I moved to an island and sang in the hotels and sang with the local rock band. Uh, and, you know, I, I just changed it. You kind of got to make a, a big turn and do something else. If something's not working, change it. I did have some friends on that island. So, you know, I was looking for places to go and get away and sort of gather my thoughts and do something different. Um, so I did that. I did that for a year and I loved it. I learned a lot. I, I didn't know standards. I sang standards and, and stuff. And then I moved back to New York and I still was a little bit in the same place. And so I took a trip to LA and I am a fierce New Yorker. I would never live in LA, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, you know, kind of opened my eyes. It was during like the really alternative rock 
period was very big here. And I was doing a little bit more pop R&B in New York. And so I got a band and started, you know, doing more of the, the band thing. And that was very hard. Um, I think if you don't expect it to be fair and easy, it's easier because it's really not an easy business to be in. Most importantly, it's really important to have support, to have a team around you, to have friends that believe in you and, you know, a team that works with you that believes in you because that's going to get you up in the morning and continue what you're doing. It just, those are some really good points. I really like the points that you made about having a support team, number one, when, when did you kind of get a support team? I know when we're all starting out, we can't afford a support team and we're just trying to do everything on our own. What, what point were you at when you felt like it was time to do that? Well, I mean, even when I, when I, you know, when I recorded my first song, I, I got the, the support, you know, from the person who had that studio, which I didn't know, who I didn't know. I kept on meeting people. I mean, I, I guess people liked my voice a lot. You know, it's a little different now than it was then. Um, so I did, people did gravitate and give me support for that. I used to like do like demos for others, uh, for like professional writers. And so I met a lot of people through that. I mean, I think you have to seek out people to work with and, who are in the business and you can these days because there's the internet and there's just so much at your fingertips. But, um, you know, I think it's first, it comes with friends who, who believe in you. I mean, my team was more, yeah, probably friends and people I'd met along the way that I shared the creative process with. And then it gradually became people who started to work with me on a more serious level and who just believed in my vision as well. I mean, I just kind of picked it up along the way, you know, and the people that really are with me stuck with me. Um, but I think it started with some friends, you know, supportive friends first and foremost. Did you have any particular mentors that really helped you that you found along the way? Um, I, you know, I was looking at that. I, I, I didn't really have any mentors, really. I mean, I had people, I, you know, artists I loved. And, you know, I remember getting, I remember getting a book on Madonna's like career, like how she crafted her career and things like that and, and, and reading things, you know. Um, but I think it was really just very much a learning experience and, and just uh, meeting a lot of other artists along the way and seeing them in their craft and how they're working their career. And that was a lot of people just that I had done shows with in New York and in LA and how they were so tough and just kind of kept on going. And, uh, you know, that's really how you have to be. For sure. Is, is there anything you know now that you wish you would have known when you started? Well, I think I wish, you know, there's so, everybody has something to say. <laughs> um, and I think to listen to your instinct more and take less advice from people, because people will always tell you things that can be so confusing. And I think I was so easily manipulated and kind of, you know, that I, I wish I was just a little more strong in my 
beliefs here and there. Um, also, you know, I was shy person growing up, but you can't really be shy and be in the music business. So I really just pushed myself to do things, took a deep breath and just did them. I think I would have worked on my confidence a lot <laughs> early on. Now, to be more. fair, you started when you were very young. So, you know, everybody has growing to do, but that's, that's some good advice that you do need to be strong because people will try to insert themselves on, uh, upon you and your, you know, your values and things. And if you're not strong in your position, I think that can, can be dangerous. Yeah. So much. I mean, it's taken me on twists and turns and things, you know, I wouldn't have maybe done or worked on projects, you know, here and there. And just like, it can really stop your creative process and, and, and doubting yourself is like the worst. And I know artists are some of the most insecure bunch of people, <laughs> although people <laughs> don't see that, but we are. So I think I would have, would have worked on those things. And I just think it's important to listen to yourself and your gut and your instinct more than the managers in your life or just your, anybody that's trying to put too much uh, advice on you. That's true. And I think it's also a good exercise to read your good press more often. <laughs> I think we get down on ourselves. I mean, if you look at your if you look at your YouTube, I, I mean, I was too. looking through it and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. like people are just uh, like, her voice is the best thing I've ever heard. I wish, you know, all I want to do is be more like her when I become a vocalist. You know, you have some great press out there. You should keep reading that and then just don't pay any attention to any of the bad press. Well, it's weird because YouTube's one of the, the hardest places. I mean, I think I sent my mom to something uh, and she was like, oh my God, because it was, it was mixed, you know, with, with some really terrible things. But I actually don't read anything and I do not Google myself. I know some people are really obsessed with that stuff and I just don't because I'm too sensitive. You know, when things, when I hear like maybe just the littlest thing, I, I really, you know, it does affect me. So I, I try to just, um, stick with my fans and, and try not to read the bad stuff. Cause there is a lot of bad stuff uh, yeah. out there. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of bad stuff about anybody that puts themselves out there like that. Yeah. You know, that's what we all have to realize. There's always going to be some haters. Yeah. And you know, I, I have had to learn to deal with that over the years and I don't like it either. I, I read one, <laughs> read a hundred great reviews and one bad review. And I'm just thinking about it all, you know, week. I know it's funny. My <laughs> friend that works with me, she's like, well, you know, I think, you know, Twitter is so, you know, you're so close to your fans and, all the time. And, uh, usually there's a lot of good stuff, but I think we've started to get some nasty stuff. And, and she's like, you know, now you're doing really good because when they, <laughs> when they start being like that, then, you know, you've hit like a different level. <laughs> That's so true. You've made it when you yes. actually found your first hater. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, what do you think makes you unique as an artist? Um, you know, aside from being in the genre that you're in, what do you think makes you you know, stand out, um, maybe that your fans would gravitate toward you for? Um, you know, I think I really always, I'm very critical of myself. I really work from my heart. If I don't believe it, you know, if I don't believe what's on that tape, what's coming back through those speakers, I know my fans aren't. And I really will work on something until I, 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 I feel it. So, 
you know, I'm, I use that for my guide and I think that my listeners hear that. I think that's important. I, I listen to myself all the time, so <laughs> I'm very bored of my own voice, but I think, you know, it's important to have a, a sound and when someone hears you singing, they know who, who you are. And so I think that is important. I think people know my voice. So I think that that's probably a little unique, even though I might think it is. <laughs> no, I think your voice is very unique. I, I'm curious though. So your, your name, you know, the artist name that you go by Jess, right? Mm -hmm. do, do you ever have trouble with that? Because it's so many people are Jess this and Jess that and Jessica and, you know, do, do people I, have I, a hard time I, finding you? Well, I mean, it's capital J, capital E, capital S. Um, there are a lot more Jesses now. And it is, yeah, I do think, um, I was in a band before called Motorcycle and I had a very big song and I was really loved being in this band and I loved being sort of not Jess. <laughs> I liked being <laughs> Motorcycle and, and the girl, the Motorcycle girl. I kind of really loved that. And even though I had started out to be a solo performer, I found that really refreshing to be kind of part of something. Um, when that broke up, I had to sort of, redefine myself out there again and get people to know my name. So it's been, yeah, it's been a little tough because it is not like, you know, something very strange, but if you Google capital J, capital E, capital S, you will find me right away. We've put a lot of time and effort into that. And, you know, uh, I, I, I do think it is a little bit has made it hard, but, uh, we're doing pretty well so far. with it. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are definitely yeah. doing well because that's true. As long as you put it in there correctly, but you know, I, I see I see so many artists all the time, yes. and you know, their name is some like two generic names, or it, you know, there's they haven't checked to make sure there's other bands named that. And yeah. in the online world, you really it's global, and you have to know that you're the only one of that, or you can somehow distinguish yourself, you know, because you couldn't you couldn't be Jess on Twitter because obviously somebody else got that right. or. You know, you have to be official underscore Jess, which right. is fine if people know that you're that. And I do think, I do think in this time it is important. Like I, I maybe if I would do it again, I would redo it, you know, do something different with the, my name. And, and I do actually have a couple of pro other projects. You know, I work on some other projects. I'm also, I do mashups under Taxi Girl. Um, mm -hmm. So I have some other monikers that I work under. But I do think if you're starting out, that is a really important thing. Uh, I had a song called As the Rush Comes and I was, as I was talking about, I was in that band and we had a couple of names for the band that we were pitching to the record label and none of them worked. But when we did Motorcycle, As the Rush Comes, it just took off. It just really clicked. So, you know, if you're starting out, having a catchy, catchy name is, uh, will, you know, can help. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So what is one of the most mind blowing experiences that you've had where you're just kind of pinching yourself? Like, I can't, like, I can't believe that this is me. This is happening to me. You know, just be been after been working so long, so many years and to just get that little break was, you know, I remember being in a hotel room, uh, getting ready to be on this big award show and just being like, oh, you know, like, crying because it, I felt like all those years of like pushing and pushing had finally broken. And, um, 
I had been writing and I actually had been been releasing a lot of things. But as I when I started in this band Motorcycle and we had this song as the rush comes, it really broke in the underground and it it actually cr- it was a crossover tune as well because it was on Kiss FM and it was on a lot of big radio stations. And we didn't really know how big it was. Um, and I had gone over to England uh, to do this big show. It was like over 10,000 people. And I got out on the stage and I started to sing and I couldn't hear myself at all. The whole crowd was like singing this song. And we had no idea, like being in America, you just don't have any idea what's going on over there. Even though I was doing interviews and they'd say, you don't know how big your song is. And I didn't really know it until that moment. And also just seeing like with that song, because it was on like more of a major uh, imprint, just seeing the workings of like the machine, <laughs> how it works. You know, I'm, I consider myself, even though I do release on a lot of different labels, an independent artist. But seeing that being in that, you know, machine a little bit, they send you out to clubs and send press people after you. And I was on top of the pops and I did some TV and a lot of different things. I think those were some pretty pincher self moments. Um, I also um, played at the Olympics for Coca-Cola, was was taken with Coca-Cola over to the 2008 Olympics in Beijing to represent wow. them. So that was some high level anxiety, <laughs> stressful moments. But you're really only as big as what you're doing now. So mm. it's funny, you know, your your career, you add up all the things you did. Um, but it's really like who you are now and what you're doing now <laughs> these days, the way it works, <laughs> you know, with the way the music business has changed. But um, I'm glad I've, I've had a lot of those experiences. And actually, you know, it's taught me so much it's toughened me up so much you know and experience can only make you tougher you know in order to deal with this crazy career we've all chosen for sure so yeah i know you've got some amazing projects going on right now one of which is she just started a record label i want her to talk about that it's called uh intonation right i love that name tell us a little about that well i've been you know I've released a lot of things on so many record labels, which I still work with today. But, you know, I remember getting my first record deal and like thinking, I'm going to pop the champagne, you know, I'm on my way. (laughs) And it's really just the beginning. You sign a record deal and you just, the work begins, you know, for yourself. To think that you sign a deal and they're going to do it for you, it just doesn't happen that way. So, um, you know, we, I do a lot of my own promotion, a lot of, uh, just so much of the work in conjunction with the label. And I learned so many things along the way. I've also been very frustrated in my, some of my, you know, label partners. And I wanted to start a label where I could promote some different things that I do because I do consider myself a singer songwriter as well. That's really where I started. And so I wanted to put out some different things other than dance. I also really want to promote some other artists and sign some artists as well and kind of give them a better experience than I have had and sort of, you know, be there, communicate, um, be a support. And so those are my goals for my label. Um, I just released a first single called Hold On, and it is a dance 
uh, song. But, you know, it's, it's uh, again, another learning experience and a lot more things to learn about, about it. But um, over the years, I've learned a lot. So I wanted to, it was sort of like a matter of time. I've been talking about it for a long time, but there's a lot of things you have to set up in order to be able to do it. Right. But I think it's great that you want to give this opportunity to other indie artists and maybe make a better experience for them. That is a great mission. Yeah, I really do. Because it's something, you know, I believe in. And I really would love to to find some people that I believe in because I think the inspiration kind of goes both ways. I'm so inspired by other people, you know, and other artists. And and I'd love to to be part of someone's career that way. Do you have any artists that are already on the label besides yourself? Uh, not yet. I am signing a couple of, of other uh, dance artists, DJ producers, but I, I do have a demo box on, um, I will post it up. I'll send it to you. And, you know, I, it's open. I'm, I want to do all different types of, of music. So it's really not just dance music I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for inspiring up and coming singer songwriters. I also have a beautiful studio in LA and I'd love, you know, to be able to have them, you know, work with them in my studio as well. So, um, I'll give you that information because you can submit to me. And so, you know, it's going to be a slower process because I want to believe I can do, I can add something to their, <laughs> their career and do something for them. So, but I, I have big hopes for it, you know, down the line, five years from now, I hope to have a lot of up and coming, uh, amazing artists on it. That's exciting. Now, are you looking for people that have already kind of developed a following? Cause that seems to be what labels are looking for these days. Or are you actually thinking you can develop someone from scratch and, and, and get them a following and, well, I think I could, uh, you know, I think I could help both ways. I mean, I mean, I think I have some knowledge about social media and how to build, you know, a following. I mean, it's really getting out there, <laughs> getting those emails, meeting those people, um, being on SoundCloud, putting your stuff up, you know, definitely having a little PR, uh, reaching out to uh, you know, I even Google uh, magazines, blogs, I, I do everything, you know, I data mine tons of stuff just to try to reach, you know, you send out a hundred things, you might get two, three back, you know, I think even meeting you and learning about women of substance was one of those things, you know, I think it was even, I've, I've seen how you've grown your own radio station and your, your blog and everything over the years. And I think I even reached out to you through one of those <laughs> searches, you know? Wow. I mean, we've met, I can't even remember, probably like 2009 or something. Yeah. yeah was, and I remember you were an artist of the month one time. That was when you were doing Unleash the Beat Volume 1, yes. and now you're on Volume 3. Yes. Which actually, I'm on Volume 3, but I though that's a, a physical CD. So I have three physical CDs, but I have like five other digital releases oh in between. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you're putting something out at least once a month. Um, yeah, you know, it is, it's, it, it is in the dance world. The, the output is so much, you really have to be on a schedule of at least singles every eight weeks, six to eight weeks and, and other things. I do a weekly radio show an EDM radio show 
So I do that every Monday and it goes out to syndicated radio around the world. So that's something always to engage your fans with. And just, I support other up and coming uh, DJs and producers in that as well on a weekly basis. (laughs) So yeah, it is. You just got to be in it. You got to be doing it every day. And I always say, this is the most important thing is like, if you want to be in music, you need to get up and every day and at least do one thing or contact one person or make one connection. And I would say make 20, but if you can only make one a day, you know, that is, you know, important to it, to, 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 you know, advance your career, you know, cause it's all about the connections and the networking and uh, getting that started as well. I hope you listeners are listening to this advice. This is great advice from someone who has busted her butt for 10 years. <laughs> you know, I think a little more than that, but <laughs> you know, working a hundred percent in music. Right. Definitely. So what are your, can you kind of give us a breakdown on what your streams of income are to have to be a full-time music artist? I mean, is most of it from selling music online, physical music, um, you know, licensing, um, sync licensing, royalties, you know, where do you, where do you get your money from and how does it kind of shake out? Right. Well, I think the least amount is record sales these days, you know, because, (laughs) which is like crazy, but, um, um, a lot of it comes from touring, you know, that's really good one, uh, publishing definitely syncs and licensing, uh, And there's a lot of different ways you can get involved in that. If you don't have a singing licensed person, you know, there's this uh, service named Taxi. You can, you know, if you're constantly putting your music into that, I think you might meet a lot of people and get some, some of your music, especially for singer and songwriters, you know, for dance music, it it, it is syncable, but I think the, the largest genre of music is singer songwriter music that gets synced. So being in that, you're like, is a great thing. Um, so sings and licensing is really important. I mean, there's, um, there's ad rev from YouTube. If you do have a good YouTube, healthy YouTube, people will be putting ads on that and you can collect from that. Um, now how many subscribers do you have? What's a healthy YouTube? Well, I actually work more on other, other, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter. I'm big on Twitter and things like that. And so I am personally working on my YouTube now, but I mean, a healthy YouTube is, a, you know, at least a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, um, there's foreign rights merchandise. You know, I do, I do push my merchandise. I do have a store on my website, uh, foreign rights, performance royalties. You know, there's so many radio stations. There's a lot of internet radio stations. And if you do have your music on them and they're reporting, you can collect. And I know, uh, I don't know if everybody knows about sound exchange, but if you are releasing music and it is getting picked up by different stations, even internet, you can collect from that. Um, I think it's a really a combination of everything. There's foreign rights, uh, ASCAP, obviously, you know, uh, so it's a combination of everything working together, getting each one of those things working that will, you know, make you, you know, be able to live off your music, really. I think that's important because from almost every person I've interviewed on this show, 
they've all had all those pieces in place. And I think that's the only way that they've made a full-time income. Because if you're just relying on album sales or you're just relying on touring, you probably won't make a full-time income. I mean, maybe in, in your position, you could make that on touring, but not these you know, up-and-coming indie singer-songwriters that are just playing at small clubs. Right. I mean, really, for the singer-songwriter, I think syncs and licensing is really a big one. Mm. That you, and, you know, Google it. Find those music supervisors. Find, you know, try to get to them. Um, you know, some are really hard to get to, but sometimes you can, you can find people. You know, even like ASCAP, the Expos, you know, and some of them are expensive, but you can meet a lot of people at those at those things as well. And it's research. It's making sure you've set up your business and all the streams of it properly, because a lot of artists don't even know. And I know even some people in dance music, singers, you know, they, they do all these songs and they don't even know how to collect their money. You know, mm. and it's really like you have to become a good business person. <laughs> at the same time. And, it, it, you know, that's what happens as you, you get more into your careers. I remember I had hours and hours of time to just do music and be in my art and being passionate. And, and now it's like, you know, at least 50% of the day is put towards the business of it. And I, the, the least amount of time I get is to work on the music sometimes. But that's what it takes to make it work. I'm going to make you my spokesperson because that's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to tell artists with this show. And I, you know, I did a survey recently and I got a lot of people coming back saying, I'm frustrated that I don't have enough time to spend on the creative part because the business takes so much of my time. Yeah. And all I can think is if you don't get the business in order, you won't have any time to do your creative stuff because you'll be having to have a full-time job. Yeah. You know? And, and you can get, you know, once you get it set up, then you find the people that want to help you, you know, work it a little bit and take some of the responsibility off, you know, um, and then it goes from there. But I know I, I, I complain about it all the time, you know, it's, but it's just, that's the way it works. You know, and it's funny. I, I work with this producer from England and they just have a different, uh, way of looking at everything because I'll be always like that's not fair and this and that but he's like you know what it's not <laughs> it's not if you just don't expect it to be and if you you know don't have too much uh, high you know expectations about everything then you won't be disappointed so <laughs> I've gotten along the way I I realize that but it's it's even now I I, I feel everybody's pain towards all that stuff but we just have to do it that's a good point. I mean, yeah, a lot of things aren't fair, but we have to move forward based upon what we have. Yeah, and music right? is... You can't just wallow in complaining all the time, you know, which I see a lot of. Right. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard, but it's just the fact. <laughs> well, I think I know the answer to this question because I've heard it about three or four times in your interview, but what is like an app or a resource that you would recommend for our artists? And I think Google would be your number one. Well, yeah, Google. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Researching uh, is, is really key. I mean, especially, you know, there's so many uh, things to read about on the internet. So I definitely think the internet is one. I mean, even like articles, you know, people write uh, about things. It's amazing. You can type in anything you want to know and you're going to find something 
So yeah, that's so true. Are there any books that you would recommend or do you mostly just research on the internet? I mean, I know I've, I've picked up books along the way, but I mean, I think recently it's more, more just the internet. And I, I listen to, um, I mean, I read Hyperbot a lot and, and I get a lot of things in my Facebook, you know, streams, you know, following people, following blogs, um, a lot of music blogs I read. And yeah, I think just, just taking the bull by the horns and just sort of going at it on the internet is really important. I mean, I use, I do use Facebook. I use Twitter a lot. I love Instagram to just be creative with and to have, you know, just to be a little arty with it. Cause I love photography and things like that. But you, you know, there's VK, there is a Russian Facebook. I don't know if anybody knows about that. <laughs> there's also Weibo, W E I B O, which if you're good at translating, um, Chinese, it's a Chinese website as well, because I do tour in China. So I try to be on all of them. I still do my, MySpace. I keep up with all of them, Tumblr, you know, um, you can kind of connect them all so it doesn't like so you don't have to go to each one separately. Um, but I think being on on a few and focusing, it's always good to focus on one and get one really strong. Right. So I'm curious. So you think MySpace is still a place to be, huh? Well, I have like a lot of followers on MySpace. I mean, I I, I didn't want to just give up on it. And I do know that a lot of people still uh, promote on it. You know, there's some big artists. Mm. I see that if you go to it, I see like a lot of the big artists. I see that the larger labels are still doing press on it, you know, and doing some PR on it. So I haven't abandoned it yet. <laughs> Interesting. And what, what kind of things do you do with your Instagram? Uh, well, my Instagram, I, I have more fun with. I love to take pictures and just be arty with it. I, I do a lot of, you know, I do some selfies. I'm not like the selfie queen, but I do do some because I know that the fans love that. I, I do behind the scenes stuff. I do a little bit more personal stuff, friends and things like that on it. And I just like that you can beautiful. I do a weekend beach picture that takes me away. <laughs> every yeah. um, so, you know, and I do set up each day to try to do different things. I also started a blog because I am a big cook and a health nut. I started a blog called the Rockstar diet and I'm building it, but I did publish it. So, because I like to, I find uh, cooking is therapeutic as well. And we do have a kitchen at the studio. So it's like, I can sing and then I can go and be more creative in the kitchen and go back and forth. That's, that's fun. This seems to be a theme because the first interview I had was with Erin Dickens and she has a whole, oh, yeah. she's a jazz singer and she does sizzle and swing, oh, which wow. is a combination of, yeah, a combination of her passion for cooking and music. That's so cool. I'm going to check that out. Definitely. She even has her own line of spices, which I think is awesome. Like these, these rubs and stuff that you can buy. That is amazing. Yeah, I think I think you should look into that. Well, I have had a great time talking to you. I can't believe we are almost finished. I just want to give you a chance to let people know where the best places are to find you. And um, also, you're going to give me that link for the Dropbox, right? Because I think some people will be really interested in submitting their music to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, my website is officialjes.com. 
I am still on Facebook at facebook.com slash J-E-S official. <laughs> um, my Twitter, I'm very big on Twitter, is Twitter um, slash official underscore J-E-S. My SoundCloud is easy. It's just SoundCloud slash J-E-S, soundcloud.com slash J-E-S. You got I that got one. that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, pretty much from my website, you can find all the other social sites from there. Which is how it should be, yeah. people. Make exactly. sure you could, they can find you. <laughs> yes, very important. Well, it has been awesome talking to you. You've had so much insight, especially from the vantage point of being so long in this career and, you know, now having a record label. So I, I can't wait for you, our listeners to hear this interview. And I want to thank you so much again for being with me today, Jess. Oh, thank you so much, Bree. It's so great to hear your voice and congratulations on all your success with Women thank of Substance. Thank you. Great, great, great radio station and everything. You're a wonderful host. Thank you very much. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Bree Noble and music by Stella Ronson.